0: power and the way it moves, we think of things immediately like money. Um, We think of armed force. We think of uh, loudspeakers. I think the power of literature and reading is that it meets us in private spaces, in the quiet of our bedroom, uh, in uh, a closet if we're not supposed to be up late reading. (laughs) Um, Literature meets us in very... Safe and quiet spaces and takes root and grows. And it has a kind of power that's a bit like water, that it slowly seeps into things and breaks at foundations. And uh, so, with our guest today, we're really excited to talk about some potent literature um, what kind of power it has and what it's done in his life and in the life of our community. Um, This is What Are You Reading, where we talk books with interesting Atlantans. I'm Ian North.
1: And I'm Tim Rhodes. And yeah, one thing about our our guest, uh, I first met him at actually Ian's birthday party, or no, no, Ian's son's birthday party. Sorry, Jack's (laughs) birthday party. Oh my goodness. But um, Mark and I hit it off. And at some point, I was like, you know, we should really have you on the podcast. And he's like, "Ah, yeah, that'd be great. But some of the books I read are kind of heavy. And I'm like, bring it on perfect let's do exactly <laughs> that's exactly what we want let's do this yeah it's like we now we want you even more so go ahead yeah. anyway so we're very excited we
0: want you to kick our <laughs> listeners in the teeth with your book choices <laughs>
2: <laughs> so we have been very excited to have him on
1: marco palma yeah.
2: thank you so much for being here well thank you guys for having me this is great you know i i'm actually a big fan as well like i've, I've heard i've heard the other uh, uh sh- the other episodes and you know people you know I've taken a liking to the show, and it's like I yeah. feel like people like talking about what they read and they like telling you guys what they read. So. Yeah. Oh, thanks.
1: It's been encouraging, especially to know that yeah. you listen. It's been no, yeah. yeah it's <laughs> uh, been high praise for us. We been, consider it high yeah. praise for sure. <laughs> if Marco yeah. gives us a like, we're happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Marco <liked> it.
0: <laughs> but Marco, yeah. you are the president of a neighborhood organization yeah. uh, called mm-hmm. Los Vecinos de Buford Highway. Do you mm-hmm. want to talk about what y'all do?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, at its core, we're, we're really trying to do two, uh, three things, really. We're just trying to like, cultivate community i mean it sounds kind of like a abstract word cultivate you know but i mean people we have dinners at people's houses and people's apartment complexes and you know like that really seems like bringing people together like it physically brings people together and just like knowing we're sh- sharing a meal together it really does connect people on a very like on a deep level i you know i don't know if you guys like i like, really know a lot about like Mexican culture but like mm-hmm. dinner is like the moment where you know things quiet out things quiet down and yeah. you know everyone comes together and you know mm-hmm. it's like a whole event for us so it's yeah. like it's it's probably That's the most awesome. important part of the day like you know I I I know here here in the United States people say you know breakfast is the most important meal of the day no no <laughs> they got it <laughs> all dinner, wrong dinner <laughs> dinner <laughs> is we <laughs> you know we call to meet you know we call to meet people that way and you know that way you know yeah you know we are initiating the conversation you know, like hey let's meet at this person's house at this time but like we hope that eventually um, people kind of do this on their own and it becomes a more of like a natural mm-hmm. thing that just occurs. Like, yes, we have dinner with our families, but like how often do we have, um, like meaningful dinners with people we don't know, or, you know, our neighbors or, yeah. people that, or someone that lives across the street from us. Like, you know, it's crazy. You know, you live across the street from someone for like five, eight years yeah, and you know, yeah, you wave hi, you, you know, you say, Hey, you know, I am on the way out to work, but you never really meet the person. Um so I mean apart. i mean and secondly, we do try and magnify people 's opinions and their voices So, a, mm-hmm. a lot of the time, like specifically here on Beaufort Highway, a lot of the people are spanish speaking and you know in countries we 're aware from, if you speak up and say something like you you know there's a negative consequence you know like, yeah. you know yeah. so you know a lot of the times people carry that over to Beaufort highway and so, you know yeah, the, people have opinions that live here, like you know they have ideas about like what they, what how the city should be run, and you know we're, you know they they do have fears and like wants and like they have opinions about like the sidewalk the roads and stuff like that but they just don't ever i don't know like they don't carry that over to like city council or you know even like send their councilman like a a email or something yeah um so i mean we're hoping that like you know with this organization with this group that like people realize that you know my opinion you know it'll make a difference it'll matter um Mm -hmm. and again we hope that one day you know we'll be out of the picture and they'll do this on their own and they'll they'll kind of influence their friends to do the same thing yeah and you know lastly we do want to grow um future leaders i i i know that like a lot of the people here on people highway like they you know go off to do really great things and they never you know like you know like i guess for example like cross Keys high school like a lot of a lot of really smart kids come out of that high school but then they you know go off to college and they don't come back and it happens a lot and and i guess we're hoping that you know eventually you know people you know see through this group you know there's plenty of people who have the same like you know who like have similar opinions and have similar ideas and you know want to contribute back to like Beaufort Highway um and you know I guess I imagine that like pretty soon a lot of the kids in middle school you know will look up you know kind of you know I guess for example look up to the kids in high school and say oh you know I want to help out and volunteer just like him and you know like eventually like you know that'll lead on to more and more like like uh uh I want—I want to say important, but like you know, all work is important work. But like yeah. I'm hoping that eventually, you know, if you're if you're a middle school student and you see like a you know, friend of yours is like volunteering and you know volunteering and just giving their time to the community, eventually you will become a person who will uh, represent like represent your community at city council. Eventually, mm. you will run for office. And eventually, like the opinions of the people that live on People's Highway will be taken to like the state capital. Yeah. So that's my you know belief. So.
0: Yeah. So growing up in this neighborhood was coming back here initially your plan
2: no i mean i it wasn't a plan it just sort of happened on Uh its own like i i never really imagined myself wanting to leave or go away like oh like but you know i feel really comfortable here you know i like the people here i like the community i like the stores i like the variety of people it's not just like i mean I know that like, people think that people are filled with, like, Mexican and, and, like, Hispanic people. But no, it's filled with a lot of different people, like people from yeah. North Africa, you know. Like, even, even, like, religious, like, diversity is really big here. Like, there's, like, Muslim mm-hmm. people, there's mm-hmm. Jewish people, there's Catholic, Catholic, Christian, you know. I, I understand they're similar, but, like, even within those two, like, sex, like, sex, like there's many, like, different, like, spiritual, like, like uh, diversity. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. and then, like, I, I know, for example, in Doraville, there's a, there's a Buddhist monk. Yeah, I mean a Buddhist monk, like a Buddhist uh, temple, a small yeah. Buddhist temple. Yeah, and um, I, you know, those those are just some examples of like why I really love this part of town. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: and it it genuinely feels like home. Like I, I, you know, I can say that I, I somewhat feel uncomfortable if I if I imagine myself living in Cobb County. Yeah, or like uh, <laughs> e- even 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 like Marietta or something, you know, or yeah. Sandy Springs. I feel like uncomfortable with yeah with that <laughs> idea because I just wouldn't feel comfortable. I don't I don't know. It's yeah, it's more of like. A, a feeling that, like, draws people to Beaver Highway. You know, I I don't Mm -hmm. know how to explain it. Yeah, Yeah. I
0: think a lot of a lot of organizations that do works in neighborhoods to like sell the work will like mm-hmm. paint this bleak portrait of their neighborhood. And mm-hmm. no, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no not, not. Like, we love no, it. This point, yeah. is the best. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and like, uh, we just want to care for the people who make it what it is. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Yeah. And I know it's just speaking as a parent. and I'm sure mm-hmm. Ian says, you know, say the same thing, but the idea of not only living in a community this diverse, but also raising kids. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a better place for, Kids to be growing up, you know, uh, surrounded by just all sorts of different international cultures and uh, lifestyle. I mean, this mm-hmm, yeah. for for them. I'm just so excited to be able to expose them to so many different things. You need things that, like, growing up as mm-hmm. a kid. I mean, if my, you know, if we went, you know, to another town and went to like, you know, Olive Garden, it was like yeah. this big thing. We're getting some <laughs> Italian food, you guys. And so, I don't know. So in this situation where I mean, we can just you know go anywhere in the world just down the road. It's uh, it's pretty
2: pretty exciting. Yeah, and I think. I mean, I'm pretty gr- grateful for, like, all the things I've seen and done on Buford Highway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, I, I think when I first, like, kind of ventured off and, like, moved off to, like, like I, I originally moved off and went to Carrollton my first mm-hmm. year of college. hmm And I wasn't, I guess I'd imagine the rest of the world being exactly like our community, where, you know, people were very open-minded and, you know, open to different ideas and different people. But, you know, like, the world isn't like that. And it feels yeah. nice to feel included here. Yeah. Or have a place where you feel like you belong.
0: Yeah. So, so when you were in school, mm-hmm. you're a somewhat recent graduate. When yes. you were in school, um, uh, I believe you studied political science. Is that right? Yes, I
2: did. I did. Okay. So,
0: so what sort of led you to that course mm-hmm. of study?
2: Well, originally I thought I really wanted to study philosophy. I was like, uh-huh. this is my thing. This is what I love to do. This <laughs> is, I, you know, I I enjoy reading about like ideas and theory and like. At first, that's what I really wanted to do, and you know, like you read these things, you know, you read like. I guess, for example, a book I really do, did love, like Discipline and Punishment. I know mm-hmm. Michel Foucault isn't necessarily like, he wouldn't label himself as like, a philosopher or so, or like a sociologist, but like his book is one of the books we've read and, you know, he points out very important problems that are in just society in general. And, you know, you, you think of these issues and you look around, you know, you look around and you kind of imagine, oh, I'm reading this book. It's, you know, it's probably about some other time, some other place somewhere. But no, you, like, I guess I looked around and I realized like, you know, these are issues that are prominent mm-hmm now like these are issues that i care about now and then eventually i kind of just um and then i took a few more political science courses and you know i realized well a lot of issues aren't being fixed because people don't know how our like you know for you know our government works like here yeah sure it's bureaucratic it's slow and there's issues but like i i kind of just grew to realize like you know if we weren't being represented like in legislation or in like it, it, it just like in like there aren't enough like people that care about Uh, government politics and like legal um work i mean i I understand there's like plenty of issues within those worlds but Mm -hmm. like i guess i looked around and i realized well you know i think studying political science would be more beneficial i would you know i would be able to like understand things that like a lot of like the people in like i grew up with just don't know like you know like don't know about like there's a lot there's a lot of information that just doesn't get to like minority communities Mm -hmm. yeah and but, yeah, I guess that's, I, I could keep going, but, like, that's the general gist of, like, why political science. I mean, I yeah. still ended up um, doing a minor in philosophy. because yeah, I, nice. I, I just couldn't get away from it. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think, I do think, you know, politics is very important, especially, like, you know, especially now that things are changing and, like, the political climate we're in now. Like, we need a lot of people who are in the know or and are very aware of, like, what's going on around them. Yeah. Because, like, you know, like, I guess for a very real example, it's, like, the um, Muslim ban. You know, I, yeah. I, I know, yeah. I know they're, they're not calling it that, but yeah it's what it is and you know it's it's like if people hadn't noticed you know if, if the people you know if the original few people had it noticed hey this is what's written in this document this is what's going on yeah. and told yeah. everyone else about this you know like people they would have just walked all over like yeah. mm-hmm. over like the muslim community and you know yeah. not but now you know because of the people that do understand like legal like legal writing and like yeah. politics and like bureaucracy like now we know what's going on yeah and that's kind of like an example of like why i believe this is really important
0: yeah uh, and you can read bills like oh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know
2: i know i know it's like not fun fictional reading but you know it's still reading <laughs>
0: yeah it'll, it'll get you outraged sometimes yeah yeah that's true i remember um i remember we had uh at the last election there were all yeah. these like sort of policy items on the ballot mm-hmm. like this act will do this yeah and it was in each case the thing it was accomplishing mm-hmm. was the exact opposite of what you'd think it would do by reading the
1: the name of like the actor the name of the, name. Of the yeah. actor
0: mm-hmm. bill and it, mm-hmm. and unless yeah. we had someone around who could understand it we would oh, yeah. you know for all our good intentions we would have been voting mm-hmm. for something really bad to happen
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah and then i guess more specifically it's a beaufort highway like a lot of people like i said are they don't speak english yeah, and imagine, yeah. like e- even like city elections. Imagine if um, you're like a regular uh, mother of four, you're tired from work, and you go in to vote, and you don't you don't know what's written on the ballot. You know, yeah. you don't understand yeah. like what's a pre like what is this preamble? What is this like? Yeah. They're like they don't understand. Like they just they imagine you just go in, you you write your name, and you click off a box. But it's not like that. It's really complicated. Like even simple tasks like that. Like if you're a person from like a immigrant community, you know, even the act of voting it's difficult yeah so
0: yeah so what so as you were reading so you you had Foucault and you were kind of interested in philosophy Mm -hmm. and then were there any key readings that kind of like where your where your passion for like theory Mm -hmm. uh started started meeting like political practice
2: yes oh more of like hard reading would be like uh Malcolm X's uh Life of Reinvention yeah um he I understand, like a lot of people feel very differently about him, but like you know, he kind of personified, like you know, you become, uh, like, like you read all these books, and like, well, his, you know, like his book is basically sums up that, like you know, he's re- he kind of became, he educated himself and became very aware of his surroundings, and I think seeing like the political atmosphere he was in, and just kind of looking around and becoming more aware of like, uh, like things like gerrymandering people i don't know people mm-hmm. how people yeah. Feel, feel, yeah. feel about that but like you know you see like you know these these theoretical ideas in these books and then you look yeah. around and you know it's has very real consequences yeah. in, in real yeah. life like gerrymandering redlining yeah which i know is very real and you know like yeah. sure like there's like theoretical like ideas and stuff about it but like i it's it's very real yeah and you know when you come you know when i came to read things like you know malcolm X's like life and reinvention mm-hmm. and i also read like Cesar chavez's autobiography mm. yeah and for me that was another like very uh concrete like book for me. So I'm like, you know, this guy's doing very physical, real community work. And, you know, his ideas of like uh like speaking out and like doing something about like these issues we see in society kind of solidified like my opinion for like I guess political science. Cause I'm like, well, oh, you know, yes, these ideas that he has can become like really important, like like concrete um movements and actions in our everyday <laughs> lives. And yeah. that's kind of like where like I guess whenever I began reading books like those I, and seeing these like leaders like, like like reading about these leaders and seeing how like their, uh, their 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 theoretical like political opinions became realities like really influenced me well it, yeah. it really touched me i'm like well i thought it's gonna sound very cliche but you know if they can do it you know why couldn't i like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah and
1: yeah so i think that's yeah. a misconception we have a lot of times when we i don't know in any sort of like fiction books or movies yeah. we see like the heroes are like these valiant, like kind of yeah, outside yeah. of this world, but like when you read, like where actual change happens, it's very normal, very yeah, regular. Yeah, it can be anybody, and that's that's something that's really encouraging. As we like read about activists, like oh, mm-hmm. these were just these were people just like us, like that were recognizing a need, yeah, being affected by it, and trying to change things.
0: But they had had enough. <laughs> they had <laughs> yeah. enough of this. <laughs> um,
1: so, so let's let's talk about because mm-hmm. um
0: so there are there are leaders who have inspired you mm-hmm. um and then there are the mechanics of the city where you live yeah have you have you done any exploration into like into like how poverty and cities and race interact
2: well yeah like i've well i guess recently i have been reading a lot more like urban planning and more of like more technical actual like um so for example i've been reading um urban sprawl and public health it has mm-hmm. three authors um richard jackson lawrence frank and Hofford Fumkin, I think. Okay. And so, like, they kind of really do hit on, like, um, big, like, topics, like, you know, suburb versus urban areas. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, obviously, like, city planning isn't, like, just a random act. No. No, it's, like, suburbs were made to basically separate, uh, like, white Americans from, like, the growing African-American population after... um, Well, both... Okay, so both before... um, Pre-segregation America and then post-segregation uh, America, like a lot of the issues summed up, came arose because a lot of the communities, white Americans, wanted to move away from, like the, I mean, I guess black community at the time, and yeah, you know, and that's why now we have like a lot of communities near highways, a lot of communities where, um, for example, they don't have, they don't have very clean irrigation systems, I guess like drinking water, yeah. and and a lot of them are built on uh, very Uh, steep not steep they're they're built on floodplains so they flood more easily than a suburb because suburbs are built on higher land and they're genuinely safer and you know a lot of these issues kind of like seeing like real statistics and real numbers like next to these like ideas have really made it clear that you know you 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 look around and you think well why why there so many like liquor stores in my neighborhood and it's not random like there's a reason for this there's a reason why like you live so close to like a strip club or a like, yeah, tobacco shop or or a tobacco shop. Like you know this this you know you you could drive uh two miles. So I guess like just to give you guys like uh, ge- geographical like reference. So it's Beaufort Highway and adjacent to Beaufort Highway. It's Lennox Road. Yeah, and you know you drive one mile over basically, and the community is completely different. Like, yeah, just the layout of the city is completely different. Like yeah. things are more spread out and like cities like. Like, Brookhaven. Now, like, Brookhaven, like, you can't... It's not really uh, more accessible. And so these, I believe, are, you know, they're very intentionally made. So, like, if you're a person of lower income and you can't own a car, like, you don't... You can't access these, these like, roadways. You can't access these communities. Yeah, get to work or whatever. No, it's, like, it's difficult to get to work. And, like, I guess... And then even more of, like, extreme example of cities like, um, like, Sandy Springs. Like, obviously, if you if you have a service job and if you ride Marta and if you cannot afford to like really pay rent, like you just can't access these neighborhoods. And yeah. I think there's a lot of like misconceptions of like of this, I mean, you know, people believe that this is not, this is something that's out of our control. This is random. This isn't like, this isn't intentional. It's just like, if you can't afford to live there, you then you just can't afford the price. And, yeah. but that's not, that's not the reality of the pri- I mean, the reality is like, this is very planned out. Like it's, intentional it's intentional <laughs> and I, I i i want to say the word systematic yeah you know it's like and yeah. you know i look around Buford highway and i see the same thing like you know i'm i'm not saying that people like highway is like uh trying to push people out or anything like that but like you know obviously people don't want people people uh, people actually don't want us into like coming into their communities
0: yeah so, so it's interesting we live along beaufort highway and i've been noticing like we first we just moved into an apartment yeah uh uh here and it's um since we've moved in the like before maybe when we first moved in we could have bought a house we wanted to Mm -hmm. be in the middle of things so we stayed in an apartment complex but we could have bought a house maybe when we first moved in Mm -hmm. and now the prices are escalating like way fast like we could never afford to live to buy a house uh, like where we live Mm -hmm. on Buford Highway anymore um what do you think is happening there
2: well, the word I'm thinking about is gentrification. Yeah. And I know a lot of people want to deny, you know, this is happening. And I know people, you know, feel very like they're kind of teetering on the edge of like what they really believe is going on. But like, I mean, I think it's pretty clear to me, you know, this is gentrification. People are like rents are going up every single year. And eventually, like even property taxes will go up. So eventually, even like homeowners will be unable to live here as well. Yeah. I know you mentioned like you thought about living in, like, living in a house like when you first moved here and. You know, pro- most likely than not, most most likely what would happen is like, you know, these apartment comp these cheap apartment like these um apartment complexes would be torn down, and condos would be built in their place. Yeah. Well, you know, what happens if that happens to all of the apartment complexes on Beaver Highway? Yeah. You know, like the 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 uh, the price to live here would just skyrocket. Like I think. Yeah. there you know I, ima- I I can very easily imagine it's becoming like the next uh, like Buckhead. You know, it's yeah. a very uh terrible idea for me to think about, but yeah, like it's. You know, like the price is going up for like like the cost of living's going up. Yeah. And not only that, like they well, I say they vaguely, but
0: it's <laughs> <no. laughs> okay. We can talk about they <laughs> <Yeah>. them. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> the man.
2: <laughs> no, but yeah, like, I mean it's it's tougher when you don't speak the language, and it's tougher whenever you, you come from a different country and you think, Okay, fine, I can finally be at ease and settle here. Yeah. But then you're faced yeah. with all these other issues of like like the pl- like like police forces not Wanting you in the neighborhood. And, yeah. you know, you yeah. become the person that gets stopped the most. You know, your van, your white work van yeah. gets stopped the most. Then.
0: Yeah. So, um we talked about at the beginning what was sort of precious mm-hmm. to us about the neighborhood. Like, yeah. right now, there's there are uh, there's true diversity. Like, yeah. economic diversity, mm-hmm. religious diversity, cultural diversity. Um I guess I kind of answered my own question. But I was going to say, <laughs> what's lost with gentrification? Well... Um, mm-hmm.
2: I 'd say well I think the I think for me the most important thing i've seen, and um I guess to give an example of like downtown Atlanta, for example, I know a yeah. lot of people like people's town, and I met a lot of people that lived there while I was in uh while, well I actually lived down there for college for a good three years okay, and I really met a lot of people that lived in that area, and like I got to see firsthand like this happening as it was you know very like, it, as it was occurring, yeah, and you know I think the most the saddest thing to see people lose is hope. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, yeah, there are very real consequences. But I think you know, once you kind of like stop fighting for like for like the thing for the things you believe in, and then when you stop, you just kind of give in. You don't, you know, you think, well, fine, this is happening, and there's nothing we can do about it. I think that's the worst thing to lose. Like, and hmm. that's why people come here. Like, they they feel hopeful for the like you know they help for a better futures. So they move to for the Highway. They think, oh, you know, I'm gonna move here. I'm gonna improve my life, and I'm gonna and and I feel like that's the worst thing you lose when, you know, gentrification happens, like...
0: Yeah, that sense mm-hmm. of hope. Yeah. Huh. Well, if I'm, like... So... I moved here nine years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, at the time, I wasn't really awake to issues of gentrification or yeah. um, things like that. If I'm looking to wrap my head around how gentrification mm-hmm. works or how to, like... Yeah. How to, like as as a white person who might be part of a inadvertently part of yeah. a, a gentrifying force that's like really important to me mm-hmm. are there any books or any place i can go to like figure out the mechanics of gentrification so i can make more mm. responsible yeah. choices
2: okay well i would i don't know if there are any particularly particular books that dive into this head-on yeah but there are books that seem to like touch on this like topics so i guess for example there is uh, it was gang leader for a day gang leader for a day really does a good job of touching this it's by sir here van okay and you know he he works he's not white but he works as a graduate so like sociology student and he comes in, into his neighborhood and he sees pretty much a like very run down um project mm-hmm. and he ultimately is studying like it, it, he originally comes comes in to question people with a survey and like trying to get them to answer these questions yeah. and people don't take well to of that and eventually he runs into one of the uh leaders of the of the, of the local gangs mm-hmm. and strangely enough like he gets taken under his wing and he kind of like he kind of you know he kind of learns like what's going on and like he he, see, he 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 spends most of his time with him and he eventually becomes and he and while you're reading he describes like the things he sees around him like like the cops just don't come. The cops just don't come to the area if someone calls the police. Mm-hmm. And you know, as an outsider, like what questions can and can't you ask? Like, at what point do you start like fetishizing like urban areas, and at what point yeah. do you, at what point do you um kind of kind of demonize the people that are suffering? Yeah. You know? And you know, like he, he writes this like amazing book about like what it's like to live in this community. And uh, he himself he's he's um he's Middle Eastern. Yeah. But you know, you still get the vibe that as an outsider what is appropriate and then on top of that he is like doing research yeah and i know like that a lot of like uh uh grant like a lot of uh, programs come into like more impoverished communities and they try and like improve things yeah mm-hmm. and you know it's it's a bit offensive because you know you you imagine well we don't need fixing you know yeah. we're not a yeah. broken community yeah. yeah and it's just I guess that would be a good start, you know, read, read, I think Gang Leader for a Day is a very good book to read, I mean, uh, he, like, uh, in, in the end, he, he also becomes, like, Gang Leader for a Day, yeah. like, <laughs> the guy, the guy says, you know what, you've been following me around for the past two years, you know, you, 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 you try it, if you think it's, like, if you think it's so easy, yeah. so.
0: okay, Gang Leader for a Day,
1: yeah, there's one book, I'm afraid to recommend it, because I haven't read it yet, actually, but I just recently was attending some sessions about Uh, integration gentrification that sort of thing it's a book that came out in april called gentrifier yeah and uh the presenter said very good things about it but i haven't read it so i'm afraid to like throw it out there but it sounds like it's an it's a take on gentrification and how to yeah um it kind of explores the idea but like on personal levels and not displacing you know the Mm -hmm. low-income residents and that's one thing like i'm curious about and i I wish i've done more research into. but is there any sort of like an example where something like gentrification has happened but has been dignifying to
2: all Economic statuses. I I don't know if there's a good example. A, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, yeah. I've heard of examples in like San Francisco, but mm-hmm.
1: it seems I, very all it, too rare.
2: Yeah, it seems rare. I mean, I, I've I've heard good things of, of like communities in the suburbs, like close to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember. I don't remember exactly which community it was, but I've heard examples of like whenever, yeah. and it usually takes college students. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard that like. uh can't remember what university it was it was definitely new york but like the the residents and the community and, and the local college students eventually like they had a cba signed mm-hmm. by one of the uh university presidents mm-hmm. and i know like that's kind of here in the south it's kind of crazy to ask for a community benefits agreement yeah but i mean i it is possible it, i mean it yeah. is possible and it can be done and mm-hmm. i guess the question that becomes will it happen and do people yeah. care enough and yeah
0: um let's let's yeah. talk about your uh like so uh, you're reading heavy yeah. theory works, you're reading some biographies yeah. of inspiring leaders. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you read with sort of a narrative drive and what kind of books do you go for in terms of fiction or
2: well I guess uh, I guess I'll start with like the more fi- uh, fiction books I read. Like Invisible Man mm. was a very good influence for me. Like Ralph Ellison's Invisible Man. Um while I was reading it, I you know the, very, the beginning of the book was uh, really confusing for me because like i i think back then i wasn't really aware of like you know like like the different like theoretical ideas of like race and like the complexities of it you know mm-hmm. I, I understood yes i i'm not white i understood that <laughs> but like you know like i read it in the beginning just didn't make any sense to me and i'm hoping that someone hears this podcast and could possibly answer <laughs> the question for me i'm not sure what happened at the beginning mm-hmm. i i know that um there's a fight scene. Mm-hmm. The first three, four pages. The main character is he's in a fight scene or something, and mm-hmm. and I don't know. It's yeah. That's one of the books that really influenced me. Like it right. forced me to think. You know, you know, you see problems in your community, and you can either choose to act or do mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think in the end, the re, the the um the main character he ends up living in isolation mm-hmm. underground, and you know that that is a choice. Like why should I as like a, a the victim why should i why is it my responsibility to do something about this like why are you putting the pressure on me to do something yeah. about this like yeah. i'm the person being wronged in the situation mm. yeah and you know like even like that like in itself it's like you know you have a choice to do nothing or and you people shouldn't expect you as like a victim to to do something yeah mm-hmm. I, I don't know how like theoretical that sounds are vague but it's like even now it's i guess a more concrete example like even now like people see celebrities mm-hmm. and you know they make all this money like black celebrities hispanic celebrities mm. and think oh they should do something about this 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 problem they are responsible to yeah. fix this yeah. it's their responsibility mm-hmm. but in the end like why is it their yeah. responsibility you know yeah it's <laughs> yeah with uh just recently you
1: know like harvey weinstein you know, lots of uh allegations mm-hmm. of assault sexual yeah. assaults. And, you know, you hear every once in a while pop up like why didn't the women you know, they're kind of like putting the blame, like why didn't the women they, do something? Yeah. It's like, well why didn't he just stop doing that to people? Like <laughs> yeah. why didn't he just not do that? Just... And so yeah, it's so it. it's kind of the yeah, added more like, yeah, like you said, putting the place in the blame almost on the victims themselves. Yeah.
2: yeah, exactly. I was influenced a lot by Richard Rodriguez. I'm not sure if you guys uh-uh. Um, well, mm-hmm. he wrote the it's called the the autobiography of Richard Rodriguez and the subtitle is Hunger of Memory. Mm. And then that I think people feel very strange uh, differently about the book. I, I loved it. Um, some people call him like a brown Uncle Tom. Maybe, uh, maybe some people call him a sellout. But I don't. I think, you know, if you so he 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 came from an immigrant background. His family uh, migrated here and then he eventually we went to uh, Stanford, I think and And it's like nice to know that someone that looks like me became very important and became a writer they became like mm-hmm. some like a painter like you know we we don't see many um like minority like uh cultural figures like that yeah mm-hmm. yeah and and especially like in Mexican culture like you know if you you know if you want to work you know you get like an instruction job and yeah. you know it's like, i think a lot of it's drawn in like machismo and machis- machism yeah. but um you know like there are like plenty of like mexican american men and women who i think should really explore like they're more of like um uh, like like creative sides yeah mm-hmm. and so I, I just think that's something that's not seen a lot in our community yeah, yeah, so that's yeah, just yeah. I, I wanted to touch on that and just machisism yeah. in general it's just like i think a lot of like the issues that come up are also within our own community and we just yeah. cannot ignore like machisism that you know we can have a whole other episode about <laughs> <laughs> I did really like Fred Fred Douglass's autobiography. Yeah. Mm. There's definitely a feeling of, like, you can really reinvent yourself. That's what I got out of his autobiography. You can really become whoever you want. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are social barriers. There are, like, economic barriers. And there are very physical, in his time, very, like, real racial barriers that he faced. And, you know, it was great to see that, like, someone could come from basically absolutely nothing and become who he was and yeah. you know like that's what people like people yes yes you know it's good to see like it's good to see like the the that like just seeing like reading about it like knowing this happened and then oh there's also borderlands borderlands by gloria Anzaldúa. It, it it did a really good job of like talking about intersectionality like uh-huh. you know you i guess for example me i am uh a guy yeah. i am also a, a hispanic person Mm-hmm. I am also American. I am mm-hmm. also a minority. I am also uh, a second-generation immigrant. I am all of these things. And, you know, I think yeah. a lot of the times in, in America, you think, oh, I, I identify as Marco that lives on Beaver Highway, and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of forget, like, all these other, like, communities, like, communities you're also a part of. You kind of yeah. for, you kind of. It's very easy to think, well, you know, I'm a guy, and I don't know why I should care about, like, women's issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's very easy to, to kind of, like, become that person, like, oh, I'm i am hispanic i don't know why i should care about like black centered issues mm-hmm. yeah and you know once you realize well you know our like issues inter in, like intersect with each other yeah. yeah like we as minorities you know we as like people of color or we as like second generation immigrants really have a lot more in common than we think we do yeah, yeah. and
0: yeah and i think we yeah. need like uh there's a sort of, like, in in the American culture, there's this sort of, like, I would say it's at an insane level, but this individualism yeah. that actually makes us all poor yeah. by, like, <laughs> not, like, by not uh, allowing us to encounter uh, the wealth that is another person. Yeah. And not allowing us to discover them as whole people. Mm-hmm. And it's just really, uh, it's tragic. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's made us, I think it's made us not like fearful of the other, per- like not even just that we're independent, we like have our own mm-hmm. autonomy, but like we're also like hesitant or fearful, or, like standoffish with other people. And so it makes it yeah. like there's even more divides of you know, we won't let our kids walk down the street to the park, or like you know, there's mm-hmm. all this fear of, of, of the other
2: yeah that's person. yeah that's
0: what about are there any voices in terms of in writing in this community that you've been listening to or reading
2: yes i actually read um beyond the good and evil by francisco Dosal. and i i i actually did love it i loved it a lot i thought the story was very real it was very it was very honest i i, I enjoyed specifically t- chapter 10 i think <laughs> so, it, so so if
0: you pick it up get to chapter it, yeah, 10, to get to chapter 10. <laughs> there's a treat <laughs> waiting for you there. and you know, I, <laughs>
2: I guess to kind of start off like there's a lot of like um there are plenty of like ideas that like if you're an immigrant you should become a doctor you should become like a lawyer you should become you know mm-hmm. something like that but, like yeah. i think the most important people in our like lives are like our mothers they're like our like our neighbors our friends and it's like you know like yeah. do are they not important because they're not doctors no they're mm-hmm. just as important yeah and i think the yeah. book does a very good job of like speaking about the narrative of the person who like doesn't go to college or the person who doesn't like have this like Model minority complex where they're like, oh, I need to be become a doctor. Yeah Like it's it does a really good job of making that story like, come to life like and really makes them make that person Look powerful and very important. Mm. Yeah Um, But yeah, like I I was reading it and like the main one of the main characters was named anthony and um, He he wants to like become a writer and do these things and you know, but he doesn't go to college and you know, I think that happens a lot in our community. Like even now, like they, like you know, you, as a person who doesn't have like proper documentation, you know, you physically just cannot go to college. Yeah. And I don't think, you know, that story gets told enough to where like mm-hmm. no, that person is still intelligent. That person is still you know a good part of society. They're still yeah. They're still like good workers. They're still. I mean, I'm not saying they're only like uh, uh benefit is that they are workers, but the you know they're still like softball coaches. Yeah. They are members of your church. They are good like painters they're good artists they're good they have a lot of things to provide to society and yeah. you know it's don't don't do not think that the only people that matter in the hispanic community or the immigrant community are people that like become like the ceos or like or like people who become like top sellers and like yeah. you know like the book consists of like a bunch of like uh different journal entries and i think that does a good job of like letting uh of um portraying like how even now like in our communities like you have families who are uh like multi documented. I guess, for example, like, you know, your parents are undocumented. Their kids uh, might have like green card, like, a, like resident status. Yeah. And then like the grandsons might have citizenship. Yeah. And it does a good job of like making come, making the idea come to life that like, you know, you have a lot of like different um, stories, even in one family, you yeah. know, or like, or like, even like in school, like, you know, your friend who you met in the fourth grade, like, uh, like moved here from half across the world. And now, and now, you know, their story kind of like aligns with yours. And I think that, yeah, like that book brought a lot of good like ideas to mind for me. You know, it it made me happy to like see, to see like uh, a good rendition of like the immigrant story. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, We like, we actually, he was our second guest ever on this podcast. So we're (laughs) big fans of that book too. Well, we want to thank Marco for being mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. I think we've had a great conversation, yeah. and we have a, a really good reading list. That reading list yeah. will be posted on the website alongside this uh, episode, and you can also find it on our Goodreads. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, Yeah, from there, you can... Uh, you can. Uh, there's, there's a book that he might have mentioned that you can't remember exactly. Just go to yeah. Goodreads. You can check. We have little bookshelves for every guest, and you can uh, find it, find his bookshelf, and just scroll through all that he's talked about. So mm-hmm. check that out.
0: And... Uh, is yeah. there a place to oh, find yeah, yeah.
2: Los Casinos online? Yes, um, we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and if you look up Los Vecinos, they're Highway. And I, I, know, I know the name is in Spanish, but it's pretty much open to anyone. So if you live, work, or spend a lot of time on Buford Highway, or if this community means a lot to you, yeah. um, you know, reach out to us. You could either find us, you could message us on Facebook. We t- typically respond within twenty-four hours, okay. and typically, I'm the person that responds. So, like, <laughs> okay. you know, you, you could you could probably respond, yeah, send a message in English or Spanish um that's awesome <laughs> yeah so if you find us there and then there's also a uh actual website it's called community, org. okay so there's also that and then if you find me on facebook you could also uh reach out to me uh, okay so i'm not sure uh yeah if, if you just type in marco palma and then you type in uh, los Asinos, <laughs> i'm sure i'll come up in a photo or something
1: <laughs> awesome, awesome. Okay. and we'll put you on our on the on the um, the website too, like yeah. on our little blog for this uh, for this episode. So mm-hmm. put a link to to your profile so people can find you. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we also want to thank uh, Atlanta Vintage Books. Yeah. Um, always letting us just kind of waltz right in here in the metaphysical reading room yeah. and uh, set up shop. Fun little shout out. There's a couple of books you mm-hmm. mentioned today that I actually purchased here at AVB a couple okay. months ago. Octavio Paz, uh, Labyrinth of Solitude. Yeah. And um, Malcolm X, uh, a book of essays. So not the exact book, but a book of essays of his and speeches. So, um, so yeah. So come by, find some of these selections mm-hmm. here. I'm sure they're on the bookshelves. Yeah. And uh, and you
0: know. on your way through the checkout, just make sure to mention yes. that uh, Tim and Ian sent you, and you'll get a 10% discount on your final purchase.
1: And, and we're going to, as always, uh, close out with a quote. This one's from Roberto Bolaño. Reading is like thinking, like praying, like talking to a friend, like expressing your ideas, like listening to other people's ideas, like listening to music, like looking at the view, like taking a walk on a beach. Thanks for listening.